welcome to the Cocktail Lovers podcast. I'm Gary. And I'm Sandra. And together we are the Cocktail Lovers, a married couple sharing our passion for the artistry of drinks. In each episode, we'll be sampling the best new products, from spirits and mixers to non-alcoholic tipples and pre-mixed drinks. Highlighting our pick of the books to add to your cocktail library, shining a light on the bars to have on your radar, and asking some of the biggest names in the drinks business for their tips on how to make quality drinks at home. This week, celebrity bartender JJ Goodman tells us how to make cocktails using kitchen kit and store cupboard ingredients. We try out a trio of sustainable spirits and a bottled cocktail from the suppliers to Her Majesty the Queen. From the library, we review Esquire's Handbook for Hosts and experience first-class hosting at the five-star Claridge's Hotel. Speaking of which, why don't we have a cocktail? Because after all, we are the cocktail lovers. Definitely. Okay, today we're making a Paloma. It's a lovely tequila-based drink, so even if you don't think you like tequila, bear with us on this one because it is a beautiful, sunshine-filled drink. And also, we have National Tequila Day coming up on the 24th of July. So if you're thinking of ways to use tequila or to celebrate Tequila Day, this is the one. This is the way in. Absolutely. So what you need is a tall, thin glass called a Collins glass. Okay. But if you don't have that or you fancy drinking it from a tumbler, you've got lovely party glasses or something, that's also fine. Yeah, we are not going to send over the cocktail police to bust you (laughs) for not using a Collins glass. We really are not. In fact, sometimes we'll go to charity shops. We look for all sorts of glassware to suit our moods and the occasion. Well, this is a fun drink. And yeah, let's have fun with glassware. Absolutely. So another thing that you can do, you, this is optional, but you might want to rim your glass with salt. So basically what you do, just tip the outside of your glass in rim. some water. Yeah. In some water. So you can do it, you can do it on the rim, or you can actually coat along the side oh, okay. of the drink. Yeah. And so dip that in a little bit of water or just run your finger around the side and then roll it in some sea salt. Or you can use pink Himalayan salt. Pink which, Himalayan? Is, yeah. I, what is, I've never heard of that. Is it's, that a, a thing? it's a lovely salt. It's oh, really nice. It's a little bit more expensive. But actually, if you've got guests coming round and you want to impress, it's a really good right. thing to do. You can do the whole of the outside of your glass. Not the whole, the whole of the rim. Yes. Or you can just do half of the rim. So you've got one side that's clear that if you don't like the salt in your glass, you can use that. Or if you like the taste of the salt, you can do it that way. Or go backwards and forwards. And I think that's great for guests because if they're not sure, you're not sure if they're going to like it with or with it, it gives you the option. I think that's a really nice idea. Exactly. So now take your ice, fill your glass with some ice. Right, this is the ice cube. Yes, ice cubes, not crushed ice. Lots of ice in your glass. One for you, Harry, as well. I'm assuming you're joining me. Well, it would be rude to let you It would be. I mean, that's the whole joy of cocktails. It's about sharing. Sharing the love. Sharing the cocktail love. Okay, so 
you take your tequila. So in this case, we're using a Blanco tequila, or in other words, the silver, which is the white tequila. And we love Patron for this. Yeah. So 50 mil each glass, just straight into your ice. I like to make super simple cocktails. I'm not into really shaking things around too much. (laughs) (laughs) Misses. Not the drinks anyway. Okay, so 50 mils, both drinks. And now some recipes will say that you use grapefruit juice and then you can add some agave, you can do all of these things. But actually what I like, there's this fantastic pink grapefruit soda. It's from Two Keys, beautiful Two Keys Keys flavoured soda. And it's a pink grapefruit mixer. And this is just the perfect balance for what you need for a Paloma. Great idea. Yeah, because otherwise the other ones, they have grapefruit juice and then you have to add soda water, then you have to add agave syrup. You know, this just does the job nicely. So it's just two ingredients. Nice and simple. Love it. Exactly. And better still, it's got a great flavour. So the minute you open this bottle, you just get big hits of of grapefruit. Yeah. And then you can measure it out, but actually just top your glass with it. Taste it as you go along. As I say, everything's super simple. And then we garnish with a nice fat chunk of pink grapefruit, of course. Got more sunshine going on. Love the smell of grapefruit. So do I. So you've got some nice, fresh... Now, before we put that in, we'll just give your glass a bit of a stir so not a stir but just lift the ingredients out so it's just giving it a gentle stir yes just to make sure it's all just to make sure everything's all integrated Mm -hmm. there you go and it is it's a real lifting motion so you can do that with a spoon or a bar spoon a chopstick whatever you have to hand and then your lovely grapefruit garnish there you are, Gary. Oh, thank you. That looks amazing. And it's lovely. The colours are great. Smell of the great. I think you want cheers. to cheers me before I, oh, you start drinking. Sorry, I was going in there. Sorry. <laughs> How rude. Cheers. Cheers. Mm. Oh, that's lovely. See, it's Wait. a ah. sunny drink. It's mm. beautiful. And as I said, if you don't think that you like tequila, this is the one for you. It's a lovely way in. Yeah, the soda and the uh, tequila, they just work so well together. Good job. Thank you. So I'm really intrigued by the next lot of products that we're going to be trying. I haven't tried them yet. We, you know, we've seen them, we know about them, but haven't tried it yet. And it's from a company called Discarded Spirits Co. And they've got three products in their collection and all three of them are about using waste products, really, the things that would otherwise get thrown away. And so very big champions of sustainability. So this particular spirit, the the latest one in the collection, is called Discarded Grape Skin Chardonnay Vodka. Grape Skin? Yes. Okay. So Uh, it's all of the waste products from the winemaking process. So the things like the the grape must, the seeds, the stems, all of those sort of things that go into that, that would otherwise get thrown away. They're called the pomace, and then they're also using Chardonnay wine alcohol to give it the bit of the 
oomph here. So everything about this is all about sustainability, as I said. So that goes for the packaging as well. So all of the, the packaging is 100% recyclable. Great. That's from the glass, the label to the cork. And as I said, they're using ingredients that would be destined to be thrown away. So this little cork that came out, that's also recyclable. Okay, so let's see what this yeah. vodka is like. There you go, Mr. Thank Gary. Thank you. You can get some Chardonnay. It does smell a bit whiny. Ooh. That's great. That is very nice, actually. It, yes, it's vodka, but there's very much a, the wine the element that's going on, isn't there? There is, as you said, on the nose. Ooh, definitely, I love you that. get a little hint of wine. The taste is. I'm just going to have another little. Yeah, that's really check good. Check my first thought. Sorry if we're, we've gone a little bit quiet here. Mm. It's just one of those things where you have to contemplate for a little while because there's quite a lot going on. So you've got the vodka element, but also that lovely lift of of grapes. Yes. I think that you're that you're it, getting. So. It's, it's it's very creamy mm. and uh, that. The grape element, for want of a better description, mm. yeah, it gives it a freshness, a lightness, and I, I really like this. What would I'm, you What would you do with it? Would you? Do, I think it would be nice in a martini. Actually, it make a nice yes, fresh martini. Very, very mm. good idea. In fact, you could almost. I, I suspect you could almost do it like a sort of stir it like a martini. But I don't think you need to add anything. I don't think it needs a vermouth or anything. I think you could just stir this over ice to chill mm, it down. Mm. And, and then also it it'd be bit. nice to garnish it with some chilled grapes or yeah. something. Chilled yeah, that have been grapes. in the freezer or yeah. something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think what's really important about this, if I could just say, is that when you sort of give the background on the whole discarded thing, it's so important. But with any uh, idea like this, it still has to really... Deliver. Tastes good, yeah. You know, it, it can't just be a great concept. Yeah, exactly. And this, and this is fantastic. And they've worked really hard on this, as with the, the other products that they've got in the range. They started with a vermouth, discarded cascara, cascara vermouth, which is made from the discarded coffee berry. So it's the, the fruit, the fruit part of the coffee bean that yeah. would get thrown away. And that gives the vermouth a really lovely fruity note. Yes. We've got a bottle here, but we won't open that one. What I do want to open is one of their other products, which is a rum made with banana peel. So again, yeah, this yeah. is something that, that the peel would get thrown away. And as a as the base for the drink, they're using Ooh, that was a nice pot. They're using alcohol, again, that would get thrown away. So it's the alcohol that is used to coat the barrels for, for rums. Oh, and then that's sort of discarded. So they're using They've that. They've really thought yeah, through, haven't they? They've done that. That's also yeah. with the vermouth. They've used that kind of alcohol that would otherwise get thrown away. Oh, look at that. That's a it nice colour, isn't it? That looks lovely and sunny and rich. Can you pass me another glass so we can, um, so I can have a taste? Sorry, listener. <laughs> yeah, that's glowing. That looks so appealing. It also feels like it's got a really already Ooh. the way that it was poured. It had a lovely texture to it, mm. which is good. Oh, that's the aroma is fantastic. You know, I mean, I love bananas, and bananas and rum is like a match made yeah, in yeah, heaven. Yeah. One of the easiest and quickest and most delicious desserts is bananas. Pour with some rum over, some brown sugar, pop it on the barbecue or in the oven. Yeah. Delicious. But in a glass, let's see what's going oh. on. Wow. That is good. 
And just think, you know, these are peel that would have got thrown away. And it's and they've got bags of flavour in them. So much flavour. Yeah. It's really delicious. Very clever. Really beautiful. And, you know, and also if you're buying it, you're doing great things. You yeah, know, not really. only are you having good stuff in your glass, you've got a good conscience about what you're drinking. And it's fantastic. And I think with this one, like as before, it kind of sets your mind racing about different things you could do with it, how you'd want to serve it. You know, this would make a great sort of long drink i think mm. or an old-fashioned i'd, I'd yeah, quite like that yeah. in an old-fashioned which would be really good lovely old-fashioned recipes if you want to find more you can look on our website all of these three spirits are going to be available in waitrose which is fantastic mm-hmm. the grape skin chardonnay vodka is priced 28 pounds and that's 40 percent abv the banana peel rum is £30, so I think that's a bargain, actually. And that is, what ABV is that? 37.5. And then the, the vermouth is £19. So I think that they're really great products and Absolutely. very exciting. Really we love, love those. those. Okay, so my choice today mm-hmm. is from Fortnum and Mason. Oh, darling. <laughs> <laughs> well, I happen to love Fortnum. So Mason. do I. I yeah. love Fortnum. <laughs> yeah, so it's just that do. lovely thing. It's very well. It's by royal appointment to Her Majesty and the that's Queen. Good for us, indeed, indeed. So, so, what's what have you pulled out? What I've pulled out today is the Fortnum and Mason Vespa Martini cocktail. Yum yum. Mm. It's a lovely 35 centilitre bottle with a delightful illustration on the front, slightly quirky of a martini with a lemon twist. And it's that lovely, it's elegant, but it's got that kind of quirky yes. elegance that we well, always that Britishness on. in a yes. way. That, you know, yeah, we yeah. always comment when we go past their windows, don't mm. we, about how we love their style. Yeah. And I think that carries through into the design of the bottle. And let me just tell you, looking on the back of the bottle, it's a Vespa Martini cocktail. Elegant and ageless, it says here. And it's a blend of Fortnum's London Dry Gin and their vodka. So that's and, and Lille Blanc. Uh, Lille Blanc. Lille Le Blanc. Easy for you to say. <laughs> uh, vermouth. So less talking, because I'm obviously not talking too well at the moment, and more tasting. So let me... Let us taste. So actually, the size of the bottle is great because I think that this is going to, you'd probably get about four servings, not big martini servings, but nice, elegant, Fortnum-styly servings. So four, and and also, yeah, I think because it's priced at about 28.50, that's really good, good value. Indeed, indeed. But actually, let's taste before let's taste we say it. that. And we, we've, we've had this in the freezer for uh, a couple of hours, and we're drinking it straight from the freezer. Mm. That's good. It's it's very unctuous when in the freezer, so it's got that viscosity, that which is. <laughs> I'm trying to be posh, you know. We are talking about Fortnum's product, mm. but it, the freezer does give it that extra body that you might need. Maybe would you stir it down or? That's a really good point because mm. I think they say they recommend serving it straight from the freezer, which is, as we say, what we're doing. But if it's a little bit too in your face, you, I think you could just 
for this. Yeah, just to balance it. it. And you're not going to lose anything at all from that. But I think that maybe, particularly for people that are not au fait with the... the, Because martini-style drinks are very punchy. Yes. And this one is... Quite I don't know punchy. if I said already, this is, did I say no? This is 34.2%. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it's a big boy, isn't it? Yeah, so, you know, maybe a little dilution. Yeah, not I think that idea. it's not going to, to lose anything from that. So yeah. don't think that you'll be taking anything away no, 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 from no, the whole no. experience. And I think also they recommend serving it with a, a twist of lemon, which we haven't done. We're drinking this, at, you know, as it comes from the freezer. Mm. And interestingly, I think it works really well with that. Any lemon garnish? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you know, you could do if you if your thing of choice is an olive. I don't think that's going to. No one's gonna. No one's gonna come and chastise you, you are they? But you it's off. a really yeah. good bottled cocktail. You know, some people think that bottled cocktail. I think now people know that bottled cocktails are the bomb. Mm. And this one is as good as you would expect yeah, something I from Fortnum's. Sip and yeah, I really like this. It's got a lovely richness to it it's got a lovely long finish Mm. and you know we love mixing our martinis at home but we would definitely serve this to each other and to friends wouldn't we absolutely and i think james bond would definitely approve (laughs) of this and now for a cocktail hack from one of our experts my name's jim Meehan, a bartender and writer drinks thinker my cocktail hack is to think in color when you're creating cocktails. I've oftentimes found that ingredients of the same color mix well together. So think of when you mix, uh, say, green chartreuse, think of other green ingredients to mix with it. And it could be something as out there as a kiwi or a cucumber or a green bell pepper or even a wine that has green flavors like Gruner Veltliner. So think in color when you're developing your cocktails. I find this works. For more from the Cocktail Lovers, see our digital and print magazine and make sure that you subscribe. You can find out all about it on our website, thecocktaillovers.com. And also you'll find out where to subscribe for our magazine, which is available four times a year in digital and print. So we were slumming it last night, weren't we? (laughs) (laughs) In one of our favourite, favourite bars, the wonderful Art Deco, David Collins designed Claridge's Bar in the heart of Mayfair. Yes, and it is very much like going back to see an old friend. Mm, Old, but really welcoming and very elegant and really worldly wise old friend, isn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. Why don't we maybe say a little bit about the bar itself? Mm, Okay. It's quite an intimate bar. It's not huge, is it? No, no. no. And I think all the more welcoming for that because there's that hint of luxury, but it's also very intimate. And I think that that really works to welcome you into the space, make you feel really comfortable. And it doesn't matter what you're wearing. It just feels like a welcome home, isn't it? Absolutely. And in in terms of the look, I think the thing that strikes me or not strikes me, if you like, is it's not one of those sort of areas where you say there is a focal point or a specific thing you remember. It's the sum of the parts mm. that I like. You know, yes, there's lovely red leather stalls at the bar and 
red leather art deco chairs yeah, around the little table cup chairs cup chairs there's nice there's a nice long bar there's discrete little mirrors reflecting the light and the lovely baccarat chandelier oh yeah you mm. love that don't mm. you yeah and i think all those things come together like as i say the sum of the parts make for this whole which is just wonderful yeah it's uh, you know some people would say that it's quite old-fashioned and it is in a in a way in the best because, possible way. yeah absolutely it's not trying to be anything that it isn't and i love that art deco feel that it does exude so it just puts you in the perfect state of mind to sit back enjoy and relax yeah and i think that's interesting because as I think we've said on numerous occasions when we've talked about the bar, it works on any level for any occasion. Mm. Yes, of course, you're celebrating a, a big birthday or an anniversary, and we've celebrated both there over the mm. years. So let's talk about the drinks. Oh, yes. Mm. So, I mean, there's so many things here. I think you should always start with a glass of champagne. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't think I'm glad though. you said that. But you know, they've yeah. got such a great yes. champagne list as well. Oh, I mean, if they? you if yeah. you're really into your champagnes and you really want to go to town, yes. there are pages of champagnes yes. here. So you don't have to go for that, but it's a really lovely punctuation mark at any point during the day that you go there to have a glass of champagne and just sit back and actually enjoy the whole setting. Yeah, and that's what we did. Mm, we we did, did start with a glass of champagne pain and why not and why not indeed and then we had what we normally do as well which is a lovely dry gin martini yes i mean that's the thing about this place again that you you can order off menu you just order your favorite classic classic, and that is our favorite classic and it appears yeah and also talk about the glassware there's something the martini here comes in a kind of beveled sorcery type um, martini glass so it does feel super super special yeah super elegant it's 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 not over the top as you say sort of beveled glass has got very thin stem Mm. and the minute that arrives and you pick it up you you feel a little bit glamorous yeah we saw it winking at us from the the bar which was which was wonderful so that really sets the scene it makes you feel really glamorous and you know whatever time of day that you go there i think that you just fall into this wonderful claridge's haze of delightfulness i think yes beautifully (laughs) put and in terms of that drink it it just works well in those classics work so well in that environment it was perfectly chilled perfectly mixed perfectly balanced and you know what a well i was gonna say what a way to start what a way to start after the glass of champagne yeah exactly and we actually did order some food here i mean sometimes we've just gone in and had a drink but we decided to have something to eat. And what we did have was an amazing lobster wellington. I've never had a a wellington with lobster before. It was so delicious. And it will even be before you get to the deliciousness. When it arrives at the table, it makes you smile because it's, it's, yes, it's pastry cut in the shape of Of the lobster. lobster. And you know what also was great? Because we usually have quite a lot of trouble cracking open the lobster don't we so so it was so (laughs) nice to have it all done and you get all of that lovely meat all encased in this beautiful pastry not only that it comes with truffle fries oh yes 
truffle yeah. fries, and a little side note of healthiness, which is a green salad yeah. with avocado. Which, which, which I looked at, and I think I had a piece of <laughs> I had to, as a just gesture, to, just but... to have, have something, you know, that nodded at being virtuous. But it was a lovely dish. It is expensive, but it's something that we would say maybe for a treat or a birthday yes. or something like that. So, you know, you're getting the lovely Claridge's atmosphere and you're getting this wonderful, delicious meal. Yeah. Yeah, and as you say, I think the thing about eating there, we've often gone in there and you just have a drink and a, you know, a nut or something. Yeah. But it's it's nice to kind of feel, as we did, that you've been there an hour or an hour and a half and then you feel a little bit hungry. Mm. And you don't have to think, well, let's go to the restaurant or a restaurant. You can have pretty much the kind of food they serve in the foyer restaurant brought to your table yeah, and you just was, carry on your evening it where was you really are. really lovely mm. and then we decided to finish with another two cocktails i had one called the royal stag which was dalmore 15 whiskey campari sweet vermouth benedictine chocolate bitters and roasted almonds Mm -hmm. and yeah that was 20 pounds beautiful drink and very nice end of the evening not too heady but you know one of those ones that i love to say a contemplative you know so you sit back in your beautiful cup chair you relax you sigh you've eaten your lobster or whatever you've had and it was a really nice way to round off the evening and feel super glamorous yeah and likewise i also ordered my my second drink from the actual official menu i went for something called appropriately enough called the mayfair mm. which is reme martin xo carpano antica lafroig 10 year old and amaretto di sorono at 22 pounds and that was kind of a little bit of a manhattan style kind of drink but uber style in uh, served up with lovely cherry that was what do you uh, mean soaked. served up you served straight up yeah yes. so you're so in the martini yeah style martini glass. style glass yeah. that's right yeah absolutely and again it looked super elegant it was so smooth and rather like your drink sandra it does a great way to round, to off, round the off the evening so i would definitely have that again yeah and and also we should mention so there's the main claridge's bar there's the fumoir bar which is super sexy that's off to the side there's another bar called davies and brooks for the the restaurant in there but adjoining claridge's there's a terrace bar which also has a separate cocktail menu yes very small seating. I think, what, about seven tables out yeah, there? So yeah. definitely worth booking. I mean, you have to book everywhere now. So if you fancy sitting out on the terrace, make sure that you specify that. Yes, it's a little bit spenny. You know, you're spending a bit of money. But, you know, as we like to say, we're bloody worth it. <laughs> <laughs> So today I am going for not an out-and-out cocktail recipe book. I'm going for something called the Esquire Handbook for Hosts. That's right up your street, isn't it? <laughs> it is. Well, you, funny you should say that because I've got not one but two versions of it. Mm. Uh, the One is a paperback which I actually bought about, frighteningly, nearly 20 years ago. And uh, I just loved it when I came across it because I, it kind of sounded fun. And, and I've kind of dipped into it on and off over the years. And then you, Sandra, very kindly know, knew how much I loved it and then found 
online uh, an original copy from the 1950s, a beautiful, much bigger hardback yeah, version. Yeah, it's a bit which, battered, but very loved. Oh, it's so cool. I think, first off, we should say there's a little bit of a caveat. Yes, this was written in the 1950s. And for that reason, <laughs> atti- how can I put this? Attitudes have changed somewhat yeah. in the intervening 50 years or so. So, yeah, so women knew their place then. Uh, yeah, I think if you're easily <laughs> offended, you maybe wouldn't enjoy this. But I think if you look at it on in the way in which I think sincerely it was intended in the early 50s when it was written it is playful and Mm. when it was written it was it's not it is a playful playful book and i think they their tongue was slightly i was going to say that i i I hope so yeah i think it was just to describe it it's as i say it is a handbook so it's not all about cocktails it's let me just tell you about some of the sections. It starts off with the host at home, what every host should know. Then this is obviously what drew me to it. The next chapter is what the well-dressed host should wear. Oh. And let me tell you, <laughs> in here, talk about standing up over time. It recommends for a home soiree that the host should wear midnight blue trousers, evening trousers with a satin stripe down the side. <laughs> Of which I own a pair. <laughs> of course. <you> and <laughs> and there's a slight debate in the book as to whether you wear a maroon or a midnight blue velvet smoking and what would jacket. And what would you choose? I would... I wouldn't want to be standing out with a maroon one, so I'd go for a midnight blue velvet uh, smoking jacket. <laughs> at home. At home. So you can see why I was drawn to this book. So there's those. But then moving on slightly more seriously, the three main sections are eat, drink and the third one be merry eat is all about fail safe kind of recipes for bachelors you remember that word bachelors <laughs> bachelor do you i do well i was one for a, a long time very much in the jack lemon style i think uh, that style of bachelor that's how i used to see myself and i think that's what i liked about this book so there's lots of stuff about canapes how to have caviar how to make the perfect steak all of that but actually that's perfect for cocktails isn't it really well all it of is that. and, and su- not surprisingly most of the food recipes stand up you know there's a lot about steak but things about how to serve your canapes yeah great that all still makes sense and then moving on to the drink section it's very much again about at home it's you know how you serve cocktails to friends at home how to have a, a cocktail party but it's also it's got some nice things in the be merry section about the duties of a host and which you know, are well the thing is what i liked about this it's sort of it stands up now because it's about making your guests feel at home being witty but not the center of attention oh, well one of those is you but also making your guests feel they're the most important people in the room how to make sure your guests glasses are always topped up without mm. them even noticing how to diffuse political discussions <laughs> that God. sort of thing um so it's fun and then it's got some fun games in there and stuff like that and the drinks, they're all classic, classic drinks. There's sections on wine, aperitifs, all the classic cocktails there. And it's interesting to see how much stronger some of mm. the interpretations of say, the classic recipes are. would you go are. for the same ratios in the drinks or change them a bit now? Well, that's a very good point. I think 
I would love to have, and I'm springing this on you live, Sandra. I think I think what we should do is have a soiree based on this. Book. Well, right here, right now. Well, right, not literally right here. <laughs> I think we should plan it in advance because there was also a nice section in there about, and I love this because it's a pre-social media world. So it talks about sending out your hand-printed Aww. invitations. Actually, we should do that. I, think I love that's that. A really I think we nice should all idea. do that now. Mm. If you're having, send out a handwritten or hand-printed mm. invitation with Iris. VP on and what the dress code is, things like that. Well, you know, why not? And do also, that it now? encourages people to dress up because you've taken the time to to make that work. Yes. Know? So yes. I think that yeah, let's do it. I think so. And then, uh, as I coming back to your original point, I think in terms of the drinks, why not serve the fifties style drinks if they're a little bit more punchy? Mm-hmm. So be it. Let's go with the flow. So I really love this book. The only thing, having I hope bigged it up, it's uh, <laughs> it's actually out of print. but but dear listeners i did go do a quick search on amazon and i'm sure there are other online shopping channels available and you can find lots and lots of the uh, both the wonderful original one that sandra got me and uh, more accessibly price wise a lots of the paperback version that i i bought which was published about 20 years ago there are lots and lots of these available used online ranging from about three pounds to over a thousand pounds but i do absolutely no joking i do recommend this is a fun book as for yourself or maybe to give to a significant i was just other. going to ask so even though it's a handbook for hosts would you recommend buying it for a hostess I would. And the reason I feel confident about that is we have a friend who also has a copy and she had bought it for herself and she recommended it. And, you know, she re- we, we then said we had it. But I think anyone can enjoy this book because it is a fun read. And as I say, you may have to keep your tongue in your cheek slightly in certain sections, but it's a fun read. And but I, it's also informative. It really is. It really is great. You know, how to do the perfect state, how to make the perfect Manhattan and how to deal with difficult party, What's not party to love? people. What's <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah. Great. That is the, the handbook for hosts from Esquire. Right, it's time to meet our very special guest this week, the one and only Mr. JJ Goodman. JJ is the (laughs) typical JJ response. Thank you, JJ. JJ is the founder and owner of the London Cocktail Club Bar Group and craft cocktail company. He opened his first bar at the age of 24 in 2008. Since then, he's opened countless bars across London and indeed the UK. If that's not enough, he's won numerous awards and has numerous TV credits, significantly winning BBC Two's The Restaurant in 2008, which secured him a business partnership with Dragon's Den's Sarah Willingham and chef personality Raymond Blanc. He's also partnered with the Prince's Trust, Springboard UK and the British Institute of Inkeeping to focus on education and developing a community of resources within the hospitality industry to open doors for Britain's unemployed youth. JJ Goodman, welcome to the podcast from The Cocktail Lovers. (laughs) Thanks, Gary. Thanks, Andrew. Appreciate the invite today. I thank you that introduction as well it's been a while since anyone's done that for me (laughs) it's our pleasure absolutely our pleasure so let's kick off we've talked about your bars but what we would love to hear about 
specifically now is your amazing book. My amazing book, yeah. Kitchen Cocktails, Recipes of the London Cocktail Club was a book I decided to write a, f- a few years ago. Two years ago now, I think it came out. I found that like the at-home cocktail guides were a little bit flat and uninspirational and not particularly creative. Do you know what I mean? If you want to learn how to make a woo-woo or a cosmopolitan, it was fine. And then it was also about accessibility. So most ingredients in a lot of those books you can't get hold of um, easily. If you do get hold of a bottle of maraschino and you decide to use it in two cocktails, you're left with 99% of a bottle of maraschino. Um, not that I couldn't recommend a thousand ways of using it, but so the idea was we would take all my favorite cocktail recipes and we would go to our local superstore and we would remake all of the cocktails only using ingredients from like a big, like a big Sainsbury's big Tesco. So people could get access to all the ingredients easily, all their favorite cocktails easily. And then we put a load of energy and love into kind of researching you know, the, the the origins of the drinks and then putting like cool twists on the recipes as well. And then we did some beautiful photography on top of that. So it's like an engaging book that you want to open and anyone can make any drink um, cheaply and easily. And that just didn't really exist. So, you know, we're really proud of what we created. Yeah. And the thing is, I mean, it was almost as though, I know the reasons you did it, but what's interesting, it's almost as though you preempted the last kind of weird year we've been through you know so that book must have become a, like a real go-to and a sort of bible for a lot of uh, home home mixers i think yeah yeah we've got a few we're still having a few conversations about that i mean the world kind of went into chaos didn't it for covid so inevitably we all came a, a little bit addicted to amazon or, or or the once a week we allowed ourselves out of the house in our in our space suits to go to pick up some vegetables so yeah, um, it was good. And we did a lot of presenting on that. Um, we teamed up with Hospo Live, where I did a weekly piece with them, which was really exciting. And a few other people picked picked that up and, and helped me push it. A lot of brands got on board with it. So hopefully it's good because I think the future of the industry really, you know, requires like our guests, our audience, you know, our at-home mixologists to really develop their home cocktail game. Right. They the home cocktail game that affects the decisions they make when they go out i mean everybody wins do you know what i mean it, it sort of develops the conversation a bit more doesn't it well you can't make shit drinks anymore either you know what i mean like you know if everyone at home suddenly learns how to balance a daiquiri and a mojito you know the world's in trouble because you know they're not going to accept anything that's not not brilliant so you know bars are going to have to work on their training their education up their game to be able to meet you know, the high standards and the demands of their audience, you know, which they're already struggling to do. So, you know, in terms of the home sort of mixer people, so let's look at it a little bit more in detail. Um, I mean, one of the things about the book is that accessibility. That's the key thing about the book. But, you know, if we are making stuff at home, where would you say the home mixer needs to start in terms of, let's, let's talk about kit first, you know, do we need to go and buy a load of stuff or can we just find everything we need around the kitchen? Now, what are we looking for? Yeah, listen, you're going to have to buy some stuff. I think I think, I think, think in the early days of this whole concept, it was like, well, just stick it in a jam jar and shake it. But for anyone who's actually tried to make a cocktail in a jam jar, it is not as simple as that. You know, go and buy yourself a decent two-piece shaker. Uh, most things can be done from there on up. The truth is my, my, my favourite hat, we'll come on to it later, is blending drinks. 
So we learned how to, you know, like dilute and chill at the same time using a blender. So it's basically like a really lazy shake, which I thoroughly enjoyed. Uh, <laughs> well, that's the thing, you know, the, the easier you can make it, it's not only more fun, but it's like, why, we don't want to spend all our time in the kitchen. We want to be with our friends, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's up to, it depends on the sense of occasion. You know, if I've got a load of friends coming around my house, like I did last week, I was just making watermelon kyproscas for everyone in the blender. Super simple. I pre-batched some rum punch. Super simple. Because inevitably, I don't want to spend, you know, hours in the kitchen, handcrafting drinks. But, you know, if you've got two or three mates over, you know, that's when I think I'm quite happy to knock out espresso martinis, cosmos, rose petals, you know, and a few of my other favorite kind of cocktails to order. But as soon as your group goes over, really six, you know, and um, I still consider myself a professional bartender. Like, you know, I, I tend to lose it a little bit. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that's what I, th- those are the ratios I'd recommend. Okay. Uh, what about, you know, because you touched on little things like watermelon and stuff. Let's talk a bit about ingredients, because uh, one of the things I think you're you and your bars are so well known for are some of your ingredients. I mean, I remember right back at the beginning, you know, the the uh, the bacon old fashioned, but also like, you know, using jam and stuff in uh, in your cocktails. Where did that all sort of spring from in the first place, using those kind of ingredients? Yeah, well, the, the, the book itself, you know, kind of when it, when it came to writing it, I wasn't initially sure what I wanted to write it on and what, what I wanted to write it about. But the interesting thing about the kitchen cocktail element or, you know, the, the supermarket element is when we first opened the first London Cocktail Club, we couldn't really afford like a lot of the wastage and fresh on fresh ingredients. Plus, you know, we couldn't really afford fresh ingredients generally. So what we what we needed for the day, we'd run and grab from Tesco. I desperately wanted to do an espresso martini on the menu, but I couldn't afford a coffee machine. So we took instant coffee, literally Nescafe instant coffee. And we blended it and blended it and blended it until we worked out how to make a gorgeous tasting espresso martini. Back in 2008, nine, you know, the strawberry daiquiri was, you know, a really popular, believe it or not, quite contemporary drink. And again, you know, we started using jams because our, you know, strawberries would go off some weeks because we were quiet. You know, we just opened up and business wasn't, you know, business wasn't great from the off. So we adapted you know, and that's when we started garnishing with the Haribo strawberries, you know, and those iconic LCC serves kind of started from back in the day. The bourbon biscuit on the espresso martini, like, you know, a lemon wedge, I think, costs somewhere around six or seven pence for a lemon wedge, where a bourbon biscuit, you know, costs about two pence. So we started to realize that we could do it cheaper, more effectively, and have a bit more of a visual impact, play on this nostalgic, you know, connection that people love to have with food and drink. Um, and before you know it, we kind of devised our own style yeah. Um, and it all kind of grew from there. So, you know, it was a nice trip down memory lane, writing the book and, you know, recreating some of our favorite drinks from, from back in the day, you know, including, you know, mixing with bacon and whatever else we kind of stumbled across in the, in the, in the shelves when we were going to do the daily fruit run. It's interesting the way it's almost like come full circle from the way you described it back in the, the beginning, you know, the, the reasons that you had to be creative made you more creative. And then you come up to date with the book and suddenly it's like, yeah, well, a lot of us probably haven't got espresso machines at home. So how do we do that with, with coffee? So it's kind of come full circle. Yeah. I think, you know, a lot of people sometimes might be quick to, to turn their nose up a, a few of those ingredients. 
I think what's really fascinating is you'd stumble across like, you know, an alternative reason to use something like instant coffee because it's freeze dried. It's really high in protein. It's not been diluted much. Right. So when you take freeze dried coffee, you get a huge foam. So you end up with these kind of gorgeous, perfect, fluffy foams on top of your espresso martini, which sometimes you'll struggle to do with fresh espresso if it's not if the machine's not calibrated properly. Yeah. So you end up finding these little hacks. The same for the jam. You know, jams are made with uh, pectin. You know, pectin is obviously, you know, a form of gelatine. So when you drink something that has pectin in it, the flavor kind of clings to your mouth a little bit before the acidity of the lime and the, and the alcohol dry it out and take it away so you end up with a really unique flavor but also you know a much longer flavor profile on the on the strawberry jam jar daiquiri right. so despite the fact that you think well you know we're, we're using a, a cheaper substitute sometimes these cheap substitutes you know have this uh, amazing way of really impressing yeah i mean that that's really interesting and the, the thing i love about some of the ingredients I sort of see them. I was, I was looking at your sort of book and the site earlier. And, you know, the things that jump out at me, I've got to know more. Like, like, like if someone says, I'm going to make your cocktail using Cocoa Pops or Angel Delight. And, like, you know, Angel Delight was my go-to dessert when I was a child. So I, I've got to know how to have a cocktail with Angel Delight in it. Yeah, the, the Angel Delight Martini um, was just that. So it's, um, it's a twist on a flip. So in the book, uh, for those who, have, who are listening who haven't uh, come across it yet, each of the chapters is set in 24 hours of the day. Um, so we start at midday with our kind of like uh, midday punches, summer punches. I mean, it goes through, there's a, a, a section that Gary's talking about called desserts, like a pudding section. Yeah. So each of the uh, six cocktails in each chapter, those are all themed around traditional puddings. That is a cocktail we had on the menu in the early days of Goose Street. And we garnish it with a, a, a pink marshmallow as well. We go with, What's your angel delight? Mine's always strawberry. Oh, yeah, definitely. But closely yeah. followed by chocolate. Chocolate, banana's decent as well. <laughs> but yeah, long, long story short, it's a really iconic, nostalgic flavour. And that foam, when it kind of, when, it, when you sip it, it really does transport you back to being a kid. Yeah. You know, and obviously we're not supposed to talk about, you know, being under 18 and alcohol, but there is something where you can reflect on great. Oh, of course. Of course. I mean, if you could come up with a cocktail with using Tizer, my life would be complete. I think. Yeah. Anytime, anytime. Uh, (laughs) I'll I'll come around yours with some gin and some Tizer. (laughs) So we talked about some bonkers ingredients there. Let's try and get a little bit back, but a bit more mainstream. What, what, what kind of, uh, give us a sort of fail safe, at home cocktail with some sort of mainstream ingredients yeah well when it comes to making cocktails at home you know i like to kind of go down like the 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 classic ratio of just getting your booze and then your sweet or sour and then something to lengthen with yeah so i call it wet dry sweet sour Mm -hmm. dry always refers to alcohol for me though there are some ingredients like cranberry and you know citrus to to a degree is also dry but for the home bartender you know, who's, you know, the junior at home mixologist, you know, if you have like equal parts of your, of your booze to, you know, your lengthener. So um, whether it be cranberry or pineapple or a combination of two or some jam, whatever it is that you want to flavor your drink with, you know, if you've got 50 mil of base spirit and then 50 mil of something to lengthen it with, it's a good start. Yeah. So that's two parts of each and then one part of sweet, one part of sour. Now your sour's you don't have that many choices. 
and I really do encourage home bartenders. It is amazing to make your own lemon juice freshly squeezed every day. I really, we do it at London Cocktail Club. It's what you'd expect from a professional bar operator. But the concentrated citruses, the lemon and lime juice that you can get from your local supermarket really aren't bad at all. You know, they get, my, I can almost hear my fellow bartenders hissing <laughs> for miles around at the idea of me promoting using concentrated citrus juice. Yeah. But like no one can be bothered. The truth is if you pop it open, you'll find that concentrated citrus compared to regular citrus is a little bit more tart. It's a little bit more acidic. Okay. And so you'll probably want to use slightly less, but really that's it. You know, when it comes to balancing flavor, there's so many different ingredients that are going to be doing the hard work. You know, I wouldn't get too caught up in your citrus, but yeah, lemon juice is nice and clean. And then your sweetener go nuts. Like we've talked about jams, you know, and they're loads of fun. You know, a strawberry or raspberry jam is consistent all year round. You're not relying on seasonality to be able to make any drink you want any time yeah. of year, any time, day or night. You know, it's not going to go off. It's not going to perish. And it's incredibly cheap. So a good way of uh, adding sweetener. I personally am a massive fan um, of golden syrup. I use it a lot. Demerara sugar instead of white sugar, I really like for more kind of um, tropical style drinks that want a bit more vanilla, a little bit more, you know, character and caramel. So that's it, really. So in the case of, say, you know, we talked about the strawberry daiquiri, that would be two parts white rum, Bacardi, you know, two parts cranberry, then one part strawberry jam and one part citrus. And you can remodel that any way you like. If you don't like rum, just chuck some gin in there instead. Like you, you really shouldn't get too caught up in following classic recipes. And that's really what I'm trying to get people to do with the book. I mean, each of the recipes you'll see, I've got a price tag next to what it costs to assemble based on the supermarket prices. Um, and most of the cocktails in the book are in and around two pounds a piece. So cheaper than a glass of wine yeah. from the bottle. You can't so argue with that, can mistakes. you? You can't, can you? No. Nah. <laughs> um, last couple of things I'd like to ask you. Because no, I'm just picking your brains now, mate. You know, I'm, like, I'm making notes of how I'm going to impress my friends. So you, you, you know, you gave us a, a lovely fail-safe recipe. What about date night? What's a great date night cocktail to make at home? Right. Well, my wife, who up until very recently was absolutely awful at making cocktails, in fact, used to proudly announce that she didn't even like cocktails which is a bit uncomfortable when you're the owner of the London cocktail. <laughs> Your wife literally doesn't like cocktails. But she's fallen in love with a recipe which she loves to make, which is the rose petal martini, which is gin, cranberry, a little bit of sugar and lemon. Very similar to the strawberry jam jar. I think it's like two parts gin, two parts cranberry, one part, I think, lemon, one part sugar, and then just a touch of rose water in there. And she shakes, she actually makes a really good one. So it's quite nice. I know that she's up for a party when uh, I'm working away in the moment in the bedroom with COVID. Like yeah. the door goes and a, a rose petal martini comes out. I know, yeah. <laughs> I know that she's bored and she desperately wants to, to have a little bit of a, a naughty session in the kitchen. So we like uh, that. A I lot. really recommend that. Yeah. It's kind of cute too, right? It's a bit of a date night style drink. Well, yeah. That, that's the, and that's the great thing about a date night cocktail, whether it's, you know, you making it for your partner, then making it for you. It's, it's sharing the love, right? Yeah. Well, that's it. You know, I think, you know, just really encouraging more and more people to mix, mix a drink because there's like cooking. When you 
put a bit of love into it. Like you really do taste it. Like yeah. that not me being corny. No, like, you really do. And, and, and last couple of things, you touched on this right at the beginning, but if I could just go back to it, because we've talked about, you know, date night, but what about when suddenly you find yourself with 10 mates over and they're all saying, hey, you know, you guys know how to make cocktails. And as you say, you don't want to be in the kitchen the whole night. What's a good kind of like rustle it up and your job done to cocktail for a bunch of mates? Yeah, when it comes to mixing drinks for mates, just make a rum punch. I mean, if you haven't got rum, use vodka. Honestly, just get some nice, a nice blend of fresh juices. Ideally, top it with rum. Ideally, top it with a nice overproof rum if you've got one handy. Yeah. Um, and then some orange and some pineapple. Personally, if you haven't got any grenadine, I don't mind a little bit of Ribena as a substitute. Um, Love it. Certainly for a little bit of colour. But one thing that I do recommend when it comes to rum punch just keep a bottle of Angostura bitters in your cupboard. Okay. If your cocktail is going a little bit waywards or it's just lacking a little bit of pizzazz. There's nothing like a little bit of Angostura bitter in there just to bring it to life. And suddenly you look, you look like a pro mixologist. With yeah. <laughs> Always a good look. Always a good look. Okay. And the last thing I want to ask you about this, you know, which I think you've sort of touched on, but again, give us, you know, one or two top tips for us home mixers. Yeah, well, I mean, when it comes to like mixing for big groups, I mean, just keep it simple, really. I think uh, if you can try and get everyone in the kitchen making their own cocktail as well, like I found that that really takes the edge off. Yeah. I know it sounds like a bad host. <laughs> um, people see you enjoying yourself. You set up a basic recipe and let everyone come and make their own. I think it's a nice way of doing it. And it's sociable. Yeah, for sure. You know, and then, and then everyone can kind of get in and, and, and compare. And I think it always lifts the energy in the room and again you know if you're going to kick off a party feel like getting the cocktails in early is always a good start definitely a good icebreaker um, but if you are going to mix on mass the recipe that i tend to recommend if you throw all of your juices into a blender to recipe and then if you let's say it's a, a liter if you add just about 500 grams of ice so about just 50 percent or below the quantity of ice in right. weight to the to the pre-batch whatever juice you're producing if you blend that and just wait so you can't hear the ice banging around anymore it's going to add the perfect amount of dilution not a lot of people know this but if you make a cocktail like a daiquiri which is you know 50 mils rum you know 20 lime 20 sugar syrup if you shake that properly you will expect around 50 milliliters of dilution yeah, and it's not talked about enough. I think the fine art of bartending or at-home bartending is inevitably balance. Once you realise that you can balance with the right sweet and the right sand, the right wet and the right dry, it doesn't really matter what those elements are. You know, that's why we can create drinks like the bacon egg martini because yeah. we know how to balance good flavours. So dilution and temperature really are the final Jedi art of bartending. So what's great about the blending is it will give, you can essentially weigh out in ice the amount of dilution that you want and just be prepared that it is more than most people are aware of. But that'll also get you down to like a gorgeous temperature, you know, zero minus two degrees. And you're pretty close to perfect there. It's yeah. a really, really good hack, that one. It really um, is. And, yeah. and, it's, and it sounds so simple. So we're definitely going to be giving that a go. 
yeah, when we wrote the book, we made sure that we weren't behind the bar when we wrote it. We just perched up in my kitchen at home in Camden. So that's where we where we got to to creating. So we we didn't we couldn't just reach and grab something easily. If we needed something, we had to leave the house and go and get it. So we we need to make sure we were prepared. And the blender thing kind of came out of nowhere, and I've been addicted to it ever since. So it's uh, it's definitely my top tip. Brilliant. JJ, that has been amazing and so enlightening. Thank you very much indeed. It's my pleasure. Thank you very much, guys. Absolutely. And I'd just like to add for everyone listening that Kitchen Cocktails, Recipes of the London Cocktail Club by JJ Goodman is available for Amazon and all good bookshops, I would imagine. It should should jolly well be. JJ, looking forward to seeing you back in your bar soon. And in the meantime, thank you very much. Lots of love to everybody. Happy mixing, guys. Cheers. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Cocktail Lovers podcast. We really hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please tell your friends and make sure you never miss another episode by simply subscribing wherever you get your podcasts. For more details on the people, places and products mentioned today, head over to our website, thecocktaillovers.com.